Hello, welcome to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. Super excited that you are joining Dina and I today for this episode. Today, uh, we sit down and chat about my recent Cocodona 250-mile trail race attempt in Arizona. So interestingly, uh, some some really good gold nuggets came from my experience here, and I just want to throw out a few things. What do uh, you know, Arizona... Miracle Whip and COVID have in common? Well, you're going to find out in this episode. So we're going to be chatting about uh, my nutrition intake during the race, some reflections on uh, aging, sport participation, sport participation, finding joy in life, finding joy through running and competition. And I will divulge that uh, we did not discuss this during the episode because I did not know that. But when I did come back a couple days later from the race, I actually did test positive for COVID and was actually fighting some of the symptoms uh, during the actual race, which led me to DNF after 75 miles. Very tough decision, as you will hear in the episode, but uh, makes a lot of sense now. So as you're listening to this, just remember... Uh, Unfortunately, the, the COVID bud bug bit me and, you know, it, 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 it taught me some things for sure. And you're going to learn those things uh, during this episode. So excited for you to listen and thank you for staying. All right. Thanks for joining us, listeners. We're delighted, as always, to have you here with us. I'm Dina Griffin, joined by... As always, my wonderful co-host, Bob Sibahar. Checking in, Bob. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Dina. Well, I'm not going to lie. I've got a coffee cup sitting right next to me, and I don't know what cup I'm on, but I'm having a little problem, just a little tired this morning, a little, a little problem tired. waking up. We'll, we'll get into that, but uh, you know, we're recording on a Friday morning. It's the end of the week, and I don't know. It's just, it's been a tough couple days for me to try to, you know, get some sleep in and uh, get rested again. We're going to delve into the reasons behind all that yes, in our episode. Yes. Uh, yeah. Certainly using some caffeine to help provide a little pep is something I can relate to 100%. Absolutely. You seem very wide awake this morning. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing well. It, it's been a funky, <laughs> for lack of a better word, a little funky week going on over here and funky morning prior to us uh, recording. I had a little yeah. snafu with my office access situation, but in the grand scheme, no biggie, although it yeah. allowed me more time for coffee ingestion. So there you go. You I was your cup sitting next to you. You know, I, I actually finished all of okay. the allowance for today. So we're <laughs> on hardcore water now. Yeah. What is your daily allowance? That's an interesting topic. Uh, <laughs> self-imposed allowance. Yeah. Uh, you know, it tends to vary, you know, we got to give some leeway based on a number of factors, but I, I think it's about a 24 ounce. Okay. Okay. Arrangement. I love it. Yeah. In the two cups or one. We do, we, uh, we, me, myself and I split that into about <laughs> two and a half cups. Like I'm the I one that it doesn't finish the cup, adds right. more, heats yep. it up, drinks yep. some. I love hot coffee. Yeah, so it's like yeah. always going in the microwave. I'm the same way. Yeah. But do you put anything in it? I use some half and half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. But Bob, to we'll get into what we're talking about here in a second, but a little teaser that we've got some discussion coming up on caffeine. Yeah. Speak of the, you know, 
topic at hand, right? Yeah. I'm so kind of excited just, to talk about that. I am too. I was just looking at my nutrigenetic report because uh, I'm a fast metabolizer. of. Caffeine. Oh, you are so lucky. I'm so I lucky. I am the opposite. Are you? Yes. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, listeners, caffeine, uh, metabolism of caffeine is one of many aspects that we're going to explore in an upcoming session here. We'll probably do a couple parts, right, Bob, on caffeine, because there's a lot. I think so. There's a lot to kind of unravel there. And, you know, maybe maybe I'll I'll even share my, uh, I've been known to add a few things to my morning cup of go-go juice, I call it. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll share some of my secrets. Okay. And I'll have a fun story to tell as well. But in the interim for today, Bob, so as we're recording this, it is early May. In fact, it's May 6th. So you just returned from your Coca Donut 250 mile endeavor. We will discuss the results, how that went for you. Um, But it kind of ties to what you're saying a minute ago, being a little fatigued. Do you want to start us off with yeah, well, like, where do you want to go? With I this? don't even know where to start. I mean, what, I mean, I guess in full spectrum, I would love to give a shout out to the race uh, director organizing committee or VEPA running because holy moly, they did a phenomenal job. So logistically, if, if, if you're not aware, and I wasn't um, at first, but there was a, there is a fire right out of Prescott, Arizona. And, um, you know, which is, which is north of the original start line. And this happened, I think about seven or 10 days before the actual, you know, start of the race. So in, you know, instead of canceling the race, the, the race director and his, his staff just did a wonderful job. They rerouted the entire, the first 60 miles they had to take out because the forest service had closed the trails because of the fire. Right. Um, and actually the fire was actually at one of the aid stations, uh, in the previous start. Of oh, the course. wow. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. So okay. shout out to them. They actually rerouted it. We ended up doing a little circle around Prescott, Arizona, uh, in the mountains there on the trails, and then it resumed the original course from last year. So they did a phenomenal job at getting all that pulled together so they could actually still have that event. And another shout out their their volunteers amazing i mean just i i can't even say more i've done so many races in my life d and and i've i've seen some great volunteers these guys i mean tip of the hat to them they their volunteers were excited didn't matter what time of the day their aid stations were just phenomenally stocked which we'll talk about because obviously as a sport dietitian that's the first thing i go in i'm like okay what do we have here right yeah um so they were stocked they weren't your traditional you know m&ms and chocolate chip cookies and all that in fact I don't even think I saw any of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Now thinking about it, I did not see. Yeah, I saw, I mean, a whole bunch of real food, to be honest with you. Yeah. So shout out to them. They did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Well, yeah. Kudos to the race team or race director team and the volunteers, as you're pointing out, volunteers are key. And so- for any kind of event, especially the ultra as a participant, how, you know, valuable volunteers are. And that's just also to encourage all of us to do that yes. a few times throughout our yeah. <laughs> participation. Yeah, I know. So back in episode 21, you uh, were telling us a bit about 
your, your Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim experience leading up for some training, leading up to Coca Dona yep. 50 mile race. And that you and your athlete were going to participate in the Coca Dona race together, yep. but you might want to remind, cause there's something very unique about what you said in terms of the timeline that you guys had to do this race together. Yeah. So it was, you know, this race, so a 250 mile, and I hate even to say race, dude. I mean, I really, it's, it's an, it is, I mean, you're not racing, right? It is literally, you're, it's an event that you're participating in. You're, you're kind of racing the clock because there are some cutoffs at certain aid stations, right? So in, in that, in that essence, yes, you are racing, but by no means were we trying to get the podium or any of that stuff, right? So okay. in my mind, that's what I think of racing, like, oh, you're trying to, you know, get top notch or, you know, whatever, but we actually had to, we were going in with a little bit of a handicap. And that is that we had to delete one day off of the entire time or the allotment of finishing because my athlete, um, her grandson was graduating or is graduating from college and, and obviously graduation needed to be there. So that kind of spark different plans for the mm. race because you know we needed to be just a little bit more aggressive in the you know the speed the pace um, the sleeping uh, was a little bit more uh, strategic because we literally had 96 hours to finish this okay. so four days instead of five days right so yep. we were just kind of be we weren't behind um, but we just we just had to reconfigure some of the goals so from the get-go you know I had to be sure that you know, I was paying attention to our, to our speed specifically because, you know, dropping behind would obviously affect the whole, the whole outcome of this. So yeah, we had a little bit of a challenge to start out with for sure, yeah. but we knew it, which was good, right? Sometimes okay. the challenges that present, you don't know about because they're just like a curveball thrown at you and you have no idea it's coming. We okay. knew this was coming. Yes. Okay. However, yeah, but still all that added pressure knowing, ooh, you know, our time allotment for this endeavor has been shortened by our yes. own, our own, you know, timeline here, but yep. got to stay on it. And for those who don't know this, it, would you say, uh, cause I don't know the percentage on trail versus like single oh, yeah. track versus dirt road versus pavement. It was, oh, I don't know the exact percentages. Yeah. Um, I will tell you based on what I saw out there, uh, definitely a lot of single track, there was some 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 road some dirt road um, actually quite a bit of dirt road and single track. There was some pavement, which was it's unfortunate. I mean, obviously you have to do what you have to do when you're planning uh, locations and, and strategies in terms of the the course. But the the pavement itself and the concrete and the sidewalks were. I'm just going to say those, that, that was my least favorite part of, mm, of the course for I sure. And that. it wasn't that much. It was, it was minimal for sure, Okay. but it's just, oh, you know, when you're, when you're a trail runner and ultra last thing you want to do is, is be on something that hard. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, Bob, so I was monitoring and tracking because I have yeah. a few other athletes that were doing that race and just yeah. curious because some of the top people. It's always fun to follow these 200 right. plus mile races, but, uh, okay. I'll just put it out there. I saw, yeah. you know, tracking you and, and can we say, we can say her name, right? You're, yeah, you're yeah. Saying, yeah. you and Linda, cause yeah. you were supporting each other, staying with each other. 
Right. Um, so yeah, it was exciting to follow you. But then when I looked, you know, I think it was Tuesday afternoon, I saw yeah. the three dreaded letters. Yes. DNF. DNF. And so of course, then you start worrying from my, like, oh no, what happened? Did someone fall? Was there yeah, an yeah. injury? What happened? Yeah. Do you want to I don't know that you want to cut to the chase, but you yeah, want to tell yeah. us more about the experience. Absolutely. Well, let me actually start from the start, right? Because again, it, it was it was a mass start. I think there were about 230 runners, like 230, 240 runners, mass start, which is kind of cool, you know. So we kind of seated ourselves about maybe three quarters of the way back from the front. And, you know, we, we started kind of in this parking lot and automatically went to a single track. So, you know, you're just, you're just walking for quite a bit to, yeah. until it opens up, but beautiful. We started in Prescott, Arizona, um, North of Phoenix, a couple hours North of Phoenix and beautiful morning. We started at 10 AM. Um, it was starting to get a little warm, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but it was just like the whole, it was beautiful. And, you know, the scenery was great. We had to kind of get out of town a little bit before we really got up in the mountains. But um, yeah, I mean, we had a lot of company the first, well, really had a lot of company up until probably about mile 30-ish or so, 30 to 35-ish. And then it really started spreading out more and more. And um, it was it was up, it was down, it was, uh, you know, it was less aggressive um, because they had to reroute the course. Um, so last year, there was a lot more vertical in the first, you know, 50K. This year, there was probably about half the vertical in the first 50K. Okay. So, which was great. I mean, it was fantastic. You know, pacing was good for us. We, we ran a little bit, we walked a little bit of the hills. And that, that's the thing too. Like when you do ultras, I don't know if many of our listeners know this in, unless you are an ultra athlete, but you don't run the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. in, in fact, it's, it's very, very unwise to run a lot of an ultra, especially the hills, because you expend so much energy and you can put yourself kind of behind the eight ball pretty quickly if you just try to take off and run. So that's actually something I learned early in my ultra career moving from triathlon is you know, cause you know, I'm like the rabbit coming out of triathlon. I'm like, oh, you just run everything. Right. Right. <laughs> and you, you don't do that in an ultra cause you blow up pretty quickly. And then and you, know, be, you just become behind in so many things. Right. Yeah. So the first part, I mean, it was great. It was just, it was, it was rolling. It was up and it was down. Fantastic. Um, it wasn't probably until when was that probably mile 30-ish or so, we kind of crested the first top of the peak and we were about 7,100 feet up. And Dina, you should have seen this dirt road we had to go down. It was, it was a quad buster. Like if you ran it, I think that your quads would have popped out of your legs. Like, no oh joke, my gosh. Right? So, but you wanted to, like, I was, you know, I was looking at our pace. I'm like, oh, this is a great time to make up some time. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, no, 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 this, this is going to be very detrimental if we try to run a lot of this. So what, what I wanted us to do is, is, and we kind of agreed that we would just kind of walk fast and maybe do a, a walk, if you will, right? A walk jog kind of a yep. thing. Because, and, and you've been on steep downhills, like it, it tears mm -hmm. up your legs, doesn't it? Sure. So yeah. And we knew like this was, it was such a long road and just... And, and the worst part, Dina, from the top, you could see it going down the mountain and like psychologically, the visual. Like, oh uh -huh. no, I didn't need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was probably that one of the turning points because in, in terms of just managing the, the body, right? Because you don't want to beat it up too much, but at the same point, you're like, oh, I don't also, I don't want to walk slow downhill. Um, but anyway, so that was kind of the, hmm, okay, now the body's starting to feel something, right? 
we, we rolled into, there was kind of this first out and back, it's called Skull Valley out and back. And we kind of turned around this aid station, fantastic volunteers, like I said, and there was even a, a aid station before that. And I mean, these people were phenomenal, but you know, obviously what goes down must also go up. Yeah. So we had to turn back around and go up half of that climb again. And oh, thank goodness it was, it started to get dark. Because again, psychologically, if you're looking up and you see this road that you have to keep climbing and climbing and climbing, it just, it wears on you psychologically. But so we got to the top of the climb and then we started descending another kind of really rough road, kind of really rutted out. It kind of reminds me of power line at Leadville, right? When it's really like rainy and stuff, it's just huge, like, like monster ruts. And, and we had to go slow on that because you'd slip a lot. There's loose mm. rocks, there's huge ruts. I only say this because, you know, it started to get dark. It was getting colder. And my mom, personally, my mind was focusing so much on the trail. I was forgetting about other things, or let's just say I wasn't keeping on top of other things as I had been when I didn't need to put so much thought into my feet and where they were going. Right. So meaning my hydration from the start spot on, right. I had actually planned on trying, trying to consume about 18 to 24 ounces of water per hour. Um, and you know, with the aid station Phillips and all that stuff. And, uh, I was, I was on par, um, once it got to the nighttime and again, night's a little different, it's colder, kind of in like the thirties, um, a little chilly and it's dark and you know, you're, you're sweating, but you're not realizing it anymore. Right. Yeah. So by then I'm pretty sure my hydration, even though I was trying to keep on top of it, it was probably about half of what I was doing. So I was okay. still hydrating, you know, I had a pack that has two water bottles on front, two in back. So I'd kind of rotate those out. So I thought I was keeping up well. I was urinating well, um, you know, as, as, as well as you can. I was definitely keeping up on calories, which we'll talk about here in a second. And, um, you know, we came into this aid station. I forgot what it was called, but it was, what mile would that have been? That would have been mile 48-ish, somewhere around there. And, and I, was, I was getting cold, right? It was, it was probably, I don't know, 1 a.m., and they had heaters. They were like, oh, do you want anything? I'm like, I just want to sit down, right? That's like the cardinal rule with ultra athletes. Like, yeah. you don't sit down, Dina. <laughs> well, Maybe I don't know. In down? a 250, uh, yeah. if that rule applies. <laughs> I, I just, thought that was like hundred mile. You don't sit down, yeah, but maybe that's actually true. I remember when I was, when I did Leadville a few times, like you don't like my crew, like you're not sitting down. Like yeah. I try to sit down. They're like, no, 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 no. You're not sitting no. down. Um, but yeah, to your point, but I was just thinking like in the back of my head, I'm like, I can't sit down, but I'm like, I have to sit down because at this point, and, and let's just, you know, backstory. Um, my, I've had a few biomechanical anatomical challenges over the years. And one of them is literally my Achilles heel, right? Um, so both my Achilles, I, I injured those um, in triathlon years and years and years ago. And I've just managed that, you know, I've never had surgery. Um, it's, it's Achilles tendinosis. And I know what it is. I know how to manage it. But whenever I climb a lot, it, it kind of, you know, kind of pisses the Achilles off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so at that point, I'm like, oh, they're really tight. They're really hurting, but I'm not going to stretch them out. I just, you know, I'm just going to just keep doing what I'm doing here. Um, I felt them in the Grand Canyon too, but I was just, yeah, just, you just keep going. But at that point, about mile 48, I was like, ooh, they're, they're really talking to me now. Starting right? to bark up. Yeah. Starting to bark up. And um, my hip was, was kind of acting up too. I'm like, what is going on with my body? Right. I'm like this. Okay. And, and it was happening a little bit in training, but not like this. Now, granted, 
I really hadn't gone that far in training aside from the Grand Canyon, the 50 miler we did. But, you know, so, so a few things, little these niggles that turned into barking, as you put it, right. Mm -hmm. They were getting my attention, right. Yeah. Interestingly, this is fascinating to me. Whenever we would climb, I was fine. I was absolutely fine. Cause, but whenever we descended, that's when everything started hurting, obviously, right? Because there's more pounding, there's more force. So I was like, oh, bring on the climbs, right? Like yeah. these guys at the <laughs> station were like, oh, this next part sucks. You've got two and a half miles of up and there's like a thousand vertical. I'm like, oh, bring it on, please. Like, and not for the climbing, but just yeah. so my body stopped hurting a little bit, right? Were you um, using poles, Bob? Oh, the whole time, okay. the entire yeah. time, yeah. And that's okay. interesting because I had never used poles, like even in Leadville and granted this was, mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you when the last time I did Leadville is, but it was a, a while minute, ago. A few minutes ago. A few minutes yeah. ago. Uh, I never used poles because poles really weren't a thing back then. Yeah. Um, but this, yeah, every single, like they were always in my hand. I never okay. stored them. Um, mm -hmm. Even when we we're walking like on concrete and sidewalks, yeah. I still like, I mean, you just, you never know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is actually, I love using poles personally because you get, you get the upper body into it, but poles strategically, you can actually maneuver better. Um, mm -hmm. You can, you can uh, manage a technical trail a lot better, um, especially if you come from like a skiing background. So you got kind of know, you know, how you're planting them. Um, and, and they obviously help with up, uphills too, if yeah. you kind of get it in a rhythm now. Okay. It's kind of, they're kind of weird, you know, when you're trying to eat something, cause you got to put them underneath your arm oh, or something, but yeah. 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 But was I think, the... I mean, every oh, well, I... I saw head poles. Okay. I was just curious, uh, was the hip and the Achilles the same side of the body or different, or does it, well, it it's, probably it's doesn't both it. Yeah. It didn't matter at that point. Um, <laughs> both, both my Achilles, but my right Achilles oh, was a right. little worse. Okay. Uh, it was my right hip. Mm. Right. And, and I know, like, again, I know my body, okay. like, I know what I've been doing and my right side is, seems to be like that kinetic chain. Something is off. And I've been trying to address, I actually have been addressing it pretty well with like some prehab and rehab exercises and strengthening exercises. But, you know, you get out on a trail and, and you know, longer than you've gone before and you don't know what's going to happen. Like you, yeah. you, you just, you have no idea. Right. So I'm managing this and, you know, we're climbing, we're getting, we're kind of going up and then back down into Prescott and we're getting to mile 61, uh, which was whiskey row. And, you know, it's morning, like beautiful sunrise. The whole thing was just gorgeous. Um, um, it, and you were coming back in, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm limping a little bit. I'm leaning a little bit. I'm like, all right, I got this. You know, it's been about, what was it almost, I think 24 hours had gone by and we roll up into mile 61, eight station. And, oh my God, did, have I, have I told you how great the volunteers were? <laughs> we, were we roll into this. They welcomed you at whiskey they row did. with a they little. Did. Well, love. they did. Right. So they call it whiskey, yeah, whiskey. row. Cause they're like, Hey, you know, if you want a shot of whiskey, and literally they had a bottle of whiskey on the aid station table, D. I heard the announcers when I was watching yeah. on YouTube um, yeah. talking about doing yeah. a shot of whiskey. In fact, yeah. I think they did. And it was like probably or something. Yeah. yeah, right, right. And they asked me, I'm like, oh, no, bad idea. And and I don't, I mean, I, I don't drink uh, hardly anything, um, but I'm like, no, that would not be good right now, right? But, you know, <laughs> there are bathrooms, here's some cots for sleeping. If you want to order a pizza, when they said that, like, I think I was like a little kid at Christmas. I was like, so <laughs> Dina, I so wanted to order a piece of pizza or a, a whole pizza. Right. But I knew, you know, we, our plan was not to rest. Then our plan was to kind of rest somewhere around, you know, between 36 and 48 hours of being awake. And, um, unfortunately though, I was getting super tired. Um, 
Linda, not so much. I mean, she's like the energizer bunny. She just yeah. keeps going and going. And I started getting tired. I'm like, oh, I could really just put my head down right now. Um, but we we rolled out of that aid station. We did a little blister care and foot care and uh, changing socks and stuff and rolled out. And then then it started to turn. So we're on concrete for five miles. Um, and actually that, that next, that was a 13 and a half mile um, in between aid stations. It was the heat of the day. Uh, it was concrete for the first five and just horrible concrete, like just oh, awful. And uh, I started just feeling different, right? So obviously I was having some anatomical challenges, but you know, I, and I know dehydration, I know fatigue, I know all that stuff. And you know, I'm drinking. I it's not like I ever stopped drinking. I you know, not that I'm over drinking, but I'm trying to you know consume a lot of fluid. And I'm just feeling myself getting just a little bit, I don't know, let's just call it, you know, having the dehydration and loopiness, right? Hmm. Um, I was still cognizant. I was still, you know, able to talk and think and all that stuff. But I just started feeling, you know, that feeling where you're like, something is off now. Yeah. But, but in my mind, I'm like, but I've been drinking and I've been peeing, right? And my, the color of my urine is not that dark. It's still like a pale lemonade color. So I'm like, hmm. Okay. And I'm popping, you know, electrolytes like crazy um, to try to keep up with that. And we'll share, I'll share my, my totals for that and kind of the food, because that was kind of fun, kind of the food yeah, I eat. Yeah. Um, but so I started feeling a little off and, you know, throughout that 13 and a half miles, I just started getting a little worse and worse and worse. And I started leaning a little bit to the left because my lower back was acting up and, you know, just all these little things. Um, I don't want to attribute to age, but, you know, maybe there is an age card in there somewhere. Okay. Um, but so, so what ended up happening was like the last few miles, you know, I talked to Linda, I'm like, you know, I, I don't know if I'm dehydrated. I'm feeling like I'm dehydrated, but I'm still drinking and I'm still peeing, right? So I, I, I'm trying to analyze this and we get to the aid station at mile 75. And, um, you know, at that point we're like, we, we need to rest. Right. And, and especially me, I needed to get some sleep. So uh, we had one crew member, Chris, who was fantastic. And, you know, he rearranged the car for us and I, I laid down and, you know, fell asleep, but here's the interesting thing. I woke up about, cause they cracked the windows, obviously. Right. Um, I woke up about halfway through and I was shaking uncontrollably. Right. And I had shorts on and I had, you know, tech tee on and, you know, but it was warm outside. It was probably high seventies, low eighties at that point, it's full on sun and the wind was blowing. So I'm starting to shake. So I asked him to roll up the windows and, you know, felt finished my nap of, of an hour and woke up and then it's like, okay, are you ready to go? And I'm like, I don't know. Let me walk around a little bit. Right. Cause I was stiff. I mean, you, you've had that before you just yeah. you stop anything and you get going. You're like, Oh yeah. Now 15 years ago, I don't think I would have been that stiff D I'm just saying, right. <laughs> okay. A little bit of the age card, a <laughs> little bit of an in. aging card played. Yeah. So I started walking around and I'm limping and, you know, Linda and Chris are looking at me like, Oh no. And I'm like, no, it's fine. It's just my Achilles. Like I deal with this all the time. It's gonna, it just needs to loosen up a little bit. And they're like, well, you're shivering though. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I put a windbreaker on oh yeah, I am shivering still. Like I'm not uncontrollably, but I'm like, and they're like, it's freaking 80 degrees outside. What? Yeah, something wasn't right. No. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. Like I drink, you know, I drink a bottle of water before I took a nap, ate a PB and J before I took a nap. Like I'm good. I'm, I'm good. And they're looking at me like, mm -mm. like you can't see my face right now, but they're like, no, something's <laughs> not right. But, you know, I mean, we all know our bodies, uh, but uh, we cannot be objective when we make decisions sometimes, right? Yeah. We're very subjective. 
And they're like, no, something just looks off. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I can, like, I got this. I'm just like, I'll put some clothes on, you know, whatever, um, you know, so I don't stop shaking. I'm like, I can keep up with this. But at that point, I had been keeping track of our pace and in our time. And I'm like, oh, we are right on. Like I had, I had figured out what, what speed we needed to average to finish in 96 hours. And I'm like, oh, we are right on that cusp. And I am slowing down now, right? And that is not, you know, I'm going to be a thorn in the side now. And I don't, I don't want that, right? So we we talked a lot about this um, in terms of if we should go, if 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 we should push, um, you know, what the goals were, what the purpose was really for doing this. Yeah. And Linda, just God bless her soul, she's like the most wonderful person in the world, and I know she's going to listen to this, and and I do mean that, Linda. Um, but she, you know, helped me make the decision that this probably wasn't the best thing for my health, uh, you know, maybe long term. Even though I wanted to go on, and I knew I could at least do like a few more miles just to see. But, um, you know, her being her decided that, you know, she, you know, she had me in, in her mind before a race. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I just appreciate uh, the decision that was made and I was part of it too, but it was like, you know, this probably isn't the best thing. We're going into the evening hours We're we're going into, you know, some really good climbs on trails. It may not be the smartest thing. Right. It and sounds like, it's, yeah, it sounds like too, with the timeline, there is no room and not being no able to forecast yeah, right? like yeah. tougher sections ahead, weather, exactly. yeah, all those impacts like, yeah. Ooh, up against the clock. And I so, know. and my worry was that I would just keep on getting slower and really impact that. Right. I'm like, yeah. God, you know, with my, with all these challenges I'm having, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't, what's going to happen. Right. Am I right. going to go so slow to where now it's like impossible. Right. And yeah. I just like, I didn't want that either. Um, you know, and I kind of felt bad and, and, you know, but I, it was the decision was the right decision for sure. Because once we had, um, we had officially, you know, turned in our spot checkers and, and received those three letters, you know, yeah. after our, our names, the DNF and drove back down to, went down to Phoenix and stayed the night in a hotel. Um, you know, I had some pretty interesting episodes of some, you know, shivering and shaking and sweating profuse, like profusely when I was sleeping, like I woke wow. up with wet sheets. I know I didn't know what was going on. Um, and it sounds like you were sick, Bob, like something out your system was fighting a virus or some infection. Yeah. I wonder if traveling there, maybe you picked up something. I don't yeah, know. Is, from what you're describing. I thought about Unless that. It was a like, heat heat reaction or something it could have been a heat reaction. i mean you know i felt hot you know like when you're outside in the summertime yeah. and you're like you know my head like my face feels hot my yeah head, i did feel that okay but i don't like i don't know i, okay. I was thinking about that i'm like could i have caught something like i didn't feel it but oftentimes we don't feel that until it really presents its its hard symptoms right yeah so it, it certainly could have been something was messed up in my immune system who knows i mean I tried to do as much as I could, as we always do, like the couple of weeks before you try to do everything properly and, you know, wash your hands mm -hmm. and get good sleep and everything, protect that immune system, protect that gut. But um, yeah. So unfortunately, you know, we, the decision was made, you know, pull out and, and I, I do have a little remorse in my voice. Uh, it, it was for the right, right decision. And um, I feel really good about it. I know Linda does too. And, you know, the fact that I'm here talking about it and feeling decent, I think is good news. Yes. yes. <laughs> so it turned into the Coca-Cola 75 for us. Nice. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the challenge though of ultras. Oh, I mean, ultra goodness. run, ultra cycling, whatever ultra thing, right. Is we, we don't even do that distance in our training. Yeah. 
95% yeah. of the time, no one does that. Right. Exactly. And so not knowing, and then when the body aches and pains come up and then on top of something else, like what you mentioned with the shivering, geez, yeah. not knowing the origin or cause of that. And then you add all these things together. Right. It's um, definitely, well, can be a frustrating part of the sport, but oh, definitely. I'm, I'm so glad that you both made that decision that ended yeah. up to be the right decision. It was. And, you know, you reflect on a lot of these decisions we make in life and there's, there's really a purpose for all of them. Right. And I was even thinking of it when I was kind of coming downhill, you know, in those last few miles before that 75 mile mark, I was like, you know, why, why, you know, why are we out yeah. here? What am I doing out here? What, what is the purpose? And, you know, you kind of reflect on that and it's, it's the purpose is not to race. Right. I mean, I'm not a professional, so obviously that's not my job, right? right? The purpose is to go out there and and find a different layer of who you are as a human being, right? Mm -hmm. And to make yourself better from all these experiences. And I think that's the key is, you know, a lot of people just say, oh, push, push, push. And it's not always about pushing. It's about reflecting on why you're out there. And, and that was a huge thing I gained. I mean, I thought about, you know, a million and one things when I was out there and, you know, life in general, right. And you think about your relationships, you think about everything, like why you're put on this earth and who you, who you have contact with. And, you know, I, I just think like, that's a huge positive that I always get out of things like this. And granted, this was the first endeavor of this, this magnitude that I've taken on, but it really helped me kind of step back and reflect me as a human being and me as, you know, Bob Sibar. Yes. So important. Thank you yeah. for sharing that too, Bob. Oh, yeah. Cause yeah, I yeah. Think even people who may know of you, you know, they may think like, well, you're this ultra competitive guy, yeah. you know, coach, you're a hard, yeah. hard driver all the time. <laughs> and so getting into the touchy feely part of right. sport or ultra sport, I think is really uh, helpful to hear and share that yeah. human thread. And yeah. like, it is more than just getting from the start line to the finish line. There's so much in between that totally. can take us deeper. Yeah. And I would recommend, I mean, for anyone that's listening, who is not in, who's not done an ultra event, it could be cycling, it could be hiking, fast packing, running, whatever. I'd recommend it because you really start to learn a lot about yourself. You really do. Like I, and I'm saying this coming from triathlon, right? Mm -hmm. Where it really was about getting from point A to point B as fast as possible. And you're competing with someone right next to you or behind you in front of you. And ultra is just kind of, it's a little more chill. Like everyone's out there together. They're supporting each other. And not to say triathlon is not that, but it's just like, I noticed a huge change in just the, the, the feeling and the, I guess the pressure you put on yourself, like for yeah. me, the pressure decreased significantly when I went into the ultra racing and ultra endurance events, because you're like, I'm out here for me, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. I might be with some friends and, and family or whatever, but like, it's, it's, it's about just who, why I'm here. Right. Yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it was a great, I mean, overall great experience. And I, I, I I, I know our listeners want to know about what I ate, right? Oh, yeah. Because that I was, was gonna actually ask the you. fun part. Yeah. Well, you mentioned okay. the PB&J before you took yep. a little nap there. But yep. um, yeah, yeah. what uh, did you do? Only the snack bites <laughs> that you mentioned in episode well, 21 besides the PB&J? 
because that was the plan. Like at the Grand Canyon, I just wanted to kind of put my gourmet snack bites to the test. Like, okay, yeah. how do these, how do these react with my digestive system? Can I, do, are they going to give me enough energy, enough carbs? Right. And, and they're fairly well balanced with carbohydrate and yeah. protein and fat. You know, most of the flavors are right around a two and a half to one ratio, two and a half carbohydrate to one protein uh, with a good amount of fat. Cause they have almonds and walnuts in them. Mm -hmm. So that said, it's, it's funny. Cause I was like, oh, this is 250 miles. This isn't like the Grand Canyon, right? I can't <laughs> there's no way I can pull this off. So my plan was to be chock full of gourmet snack bites. And I went okay. down with 90 of them this time. So I did oh. 30 chocolate cherry, okay. 30 chocolate espresso and 30 berry. Right. Okay. Now that was only part of it. Cause I'm like, this is a long event. So I'd also, <laughs> I'd also pack some, you can snack bars, okay. uh, some, you can edge. So their new mm -hmm. pseudo gel product. And that would, let me think that was it from a caloric standpoint. Um, so and were you planning to use some of the aid station food? Like you yes, mentioned the, exactly. the lure of the pizza. If yeah. you had kept going, I imagine right. you would have participated in some of those other food options. Yeah. And I actually did um, okay. because I was intrigued. Right. But as you know, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, I have a very sensitive GI system. Like yeah. I really have to be careful what put, what I put in it. And I know that my gourmet snack bites work. I know you can products work for me because I've tried those out, but I didn't like pizza. I don't know during, during mm -hmm. an event who knows. Right. But, but here's what was really cool. And, and I'm looking at my sheet of paper. Cause I tried to do my best at, well, I did. I do remember everything I had. The quantities were a little tricky to remember. Right. But here's what I had at some aid stations. Okay. This one aid station. Uh, I, I don't know why I was fantasizing so much. Well, I do know why, cause my body was signaling me. All I wanted, Dina was a dill pickle. That's it. Okay. Not the pickle juice. I just want, and I love dill pickles, number one, yeah. right? So I could eat those forever. So when I rolled into this aid station, it was mile uh, 31-ish, 30, 31-ish. When I saw these little cut up dill pickles, I was elated. I was like, oh my gosh, can I have all of those? And they're looking at me like, who's this guy? Sure. And I started just eating, just rum, rum, rum. Okay. So I had, I had dill pickles Yeah. at that aid station too. They're like, oh, hey, we have some spring rolls. Do you want some? Hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't know. That could be dangerous. Cause those are usually pretty greasy. And oh, uh, so the spring roll. Those are the roll. like little fried things that exactly. have something. What was exactly. in it? Like cabbage well, chicken thing? Or yeah. So I, I asked them. So, you know, most people, most runners are like, oh yeah, just give me some. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, what's in them? Oh, these are vegetarian. I'm like, okay. okay. And I'm like, well, how are you preparing? I kid you not. I asked him, how are you preparing them? <laughs> Which oil was used yeah. for the. And, and, yeah. And there was no oil. They were like, um, it's kind of like an air fryer, I guess. Right. Okay. Um, is, but so I needed to make sure because any of that oil would really yeah. disrupt my stomach. So I had some, some vegetarian spring rolls, which were phenomenal. Mm. Let me just tell you that. Uh, and the dill pickles. Um, that was it for that aid station. And then at another aid station, I had, okay, you ready for this D? Okay. Little, a little glimpse into my past. I love potato chips. Oh yeah. Salty. And I love tortilla yes. chips, but Pringles, remember Pringles? Oh yeah. Love what do you them. mean I remember? I had them like yeah, I mean, two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I saw those at one of the aid stations, and I think that was about mile 37 ish, 36 ish. I lit up again, just like the dill pickle. I'm like, oh okay. my gosh, you have Pringles. And I'm not even kidding. 
I think I had about, you know, those cans they come in, those long yeah. cylinders. Yeah. I think I had about a half of can, half a can. Okay. I'm not even kidding. Cause I kept grabbing a few and then I kept going back, grabbing a few, going back. And they're like, do you just, do you just, you know, you want like a bowl of them or something? Like, no, no, <laughs> Can I'm we fine. give but, you the whole I, container to take yeah, with you for yeah. the next chunk of time? I know, but I found that they really worked. They they worked really well. Like no GI. Yeah. Like I never had any GI distress. Oh, let me say this: one percent GI distress. Okay. So which wasn't bad, and that's because of another food I'm going to tell you that I ate. Okay. But but so and then yeah, our crew our crew Chris would make us peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So when mm-hmm. we saw him, if we wanted one, we could have it um, with some nice you know Justin's almond butter and mm-hmm. um, Dave's killer bread oh, and some yeah. apricot preserves. Like awesome, awesome. Oh, so I remember years. Linda and her apricot jam. Yes, she loves yes. that. Exactly. I had so never had apricot so. jam until I met oh. Linda by the way. Oh so my anyways, gosh. That's it's like the best. And especially the preserves when you get the chunks mm. of apricot. Mm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Okay. So, so what was next? Mom? The last piece of food from an aid station that I had, and I was kind of taking a chance, but it was, you know, it was one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. You know, your mind just kind of wanders a little bit, but you try not to let it because you still need to make really good decisions. But at this one where we were sitting down for a while, we we were staying there for probably 10, 15 minutes. They had these hummus avocado wraps mm. you know, in, in yeah. white tortillas. And I had actually read about those because they had those last year. And I read about those. I'm like, man, that's something I would make for sure. Like yeah. hummus and avocado. Absolutely. So I grabbed, you know, two of them. They were kind of small. Um, and I ate those on the trail when we started going. I'm like, wow, these are, you know, I took a bite. I'm like, oh, these are really good. And then I tasted something. I'm like, what is that taste? I'm trying to place it, right? I taste the hummus. I taste the avocado. There's something else. I'm like, oh, that's Miracle Whip. It's got to be Miracle Whip. Have you ever had that before? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you had that? I mean, all of a sudden I'm having flashbacks to childhood traumas. So I mean, (laughs) I'm going to bail out of this conversation right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and same here. I'm like, you think there was Miracle Whip in there? I do believe because I had that that taste, right? And I should have asked. I should, you know, I should have done my due diligence and asked him what was in it. But I'm I'm assuming it's like, why do you why do you need to put anything with hummus and avocado? Nothing, nothing needs to go with it. I'm confused. Yeah. So I did have that was the one percent GI distress. It was just like I just had some gurgling and like nothing, nothing bad. But I'm like, ooh, that didn't sit that well, right? Yeah. Um, So so those were my food offerings that I had aside from my gourmet snack bites. And I actually only ate. Let me look at this. I had from my totals. I had one Yukan snack bar. I had three Yukan edges. And I had 29 of my bites combined. And then I had three of the spring rolls, one and a half dill pickles, uh, one peanut butter and jelly, two of those little hummus avocado wraps, mm-hmm. and approximately half of a, you know, bottle half of canister a truck of Pringles. Of Pringles. <laughs> truck. <laughs> I really, I really wish it was a truck. So, so that, that was the food in just okay. under 28 hours. So we finished, okay. uh, we stopped 27, 44. Okay. Right? So okay. are you ready for the totals? D? Oh, I, I was just going to ask, I'm sure yep. at some point you'll update us on calories and all that, yes. but no, you've done the work already. Well, oh, I should also mention that I did consume run gum again, cause it worked oh, so yeah, well I for me in the Grand Canyon. About yep. caffeine. Um, Yep. I only had 200 milligrams. So it wasn't that okay. much in, in, you know, just under 28 hours. And 
I had, so I used salt sticks, just like I did in the Grand Canyon, those little mm-hmm. electrolyte capsules. I had 15 of those and salt stick also makes these little chewable tablets yeah. with a little less sodium. So I had 17 of those. Okay. So now okay. you kind of know all of my nutrition and I'll, and I'll set up a blog. I haven't done that yet, but yeah. just so, just so all of our listeners can kind of see the, the totals, but this was shocking, completely shocking to me. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's rewind back to the Grand Canyon where in that, how long did it take us again? 20 hours? 22-ish? 22-ish. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You average something like a couple hundred calories per hour, yes. something yes. like that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So the rim to rim to rim was 21 hours and 40, 21 hours, 46 minutes. So this, this, what we finished was six hours longer. Okay. So 27 hours. So that said in the grand Canyon, I averaged 197 calories per hour. Mm-hmm. Drum, drum roll, please. Okay. Wait. Oh, I can't do the drum. I'm a guitar. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. I'll ask you guitar, guitar strum next time. Um, so my calories were 126 per hour. Okay. On average, you, on average. Dina, I, and I did not plan anything. I ate, I tried to keep up on it. Right. But I ate, you know, kind of when I was feeling like, okay, I should probably eat something. Mm -hmm. My energy level never dipped. I felt Mm -hmm. phenomenal from an energy perspective the entire time. Now, granted, I had manipulated my metabolic efficiency slightly the week before, right. And nothing crazy, no keto or none of that stuff, but I had, I had maneuvered it a little bit and, um, you know, increased my fat intake just a slight bit. So much lower than the Grand Canyon. Yeah. It was interesting to me. I didn't know how that would work out. Now my sodium, are you ready for this? Okay. So remember in the Grand Canyon episode, I, we talked about, wow, I probably, I, I averaged 186 milligrams of sodium per hour in the Grand Canyon. Rim, rim, mm-hmm. rim, rim. And we probably talked about, yeah, probably, probably shouldn't, like I didn't feel bad, but probably should have been a little bit higher. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried to make more of a conscious effort during this one, especially. So my average sodium per hour for Cocodona 75 was 262 milligrams per hour. So my calories had dropped, but my sodium had increased. I mean, almost what, 80, 80 calories or 80 milligrams or so. Mm -hmm. And then fluid, I honestly, I have no idea. Yeah. That's hard to track. That was super hard to track. Yeah. 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 So interesting numbers, the way they came out and it kind of comes back. Cause when I was feeling that way, I, you know, and after I analyzed the, the sodium specifically, I'm like, wow, maybe, maybe I didn't do a good job at sodium and, and fluid, but I was, you know, I was better than I was in the grand Canyon for sodium. And yeah. again, kind of going back to the, why did that happen to me? And, and I can't right. put my finger on it. So you covered about 30 more miles. Mm-hmm. I'm comparing to green Canyon about right, 30 right. more miles. Can you describe in general, I'm just curious, intensity difference. I know it's oh, hard, yeah. right? Because it's not an apples to apples, but same kind of climate, sort, right? I mean, climate, Arizona, same, yep, but. Yep. Well, and I haven't done that. Mm, I haven't done that math. Yeah. We, let me see. We averaged for the Coca-Dona, we averaged 2.6 miles per hour. Uh, until, you know, we stopped mm-hmm. basically. Okay. Now yeah. I'm trying to remember what we did in the Grand Canyon. I don't know what the, I mean, intensity wise, it's, it's so different. Cause as you know, when you drop down the South Rim, it's a quad buster, 
then you've got kind of a flatter part, then you have to hike up the north rim and then repeat. This one was at least more up and down, up and down, not, not okay. as aggressive True. as the Grand Canyon. Um, but yeah, I will say physically, my body feels very similar after what we just did in Cocodona okay. versus the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Right. So if very subjective, obviously. Maybe, oh, Bob, I'm going to be a dork ball and just say it's yeah. the miracle whip that caused the shivers <laughs> and like there we go. poisoning, miracle yeah. whip, do not yeah. do. <laughs> so teasing. a lesson to all our listeners, do not eat wraps that are not made from you or your family or your crew. <laughs> yeah. Sounds miracle. Yeah. Way. I don't even know. What I, is, I really actually. should have asked. I mean, I, I, that was, that was my bad. I should have asked, you know, just like I did what was in the spring rolls. I should have asked what was in the, the wraps, but again, you I, see hummus avocado. You're yeah. just assuming it's hummus and avocado, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I'll play naysayer or not naysayer. I'll play advocate on the yeah. other side. Like, could you have under fueled and that was biting you in the butt there as you got those shiver? I mean, it doesn't sound like symptomatically, yeah. that doesn't sound yeah. like under fueling per se, right. you know, right. more like ooh, wonky feeling and everything yeah. Yeah. outside of shivers. But, uh, you know, it I think there's a listener thing. out I mean, there is like, mm, yeah, he didn't yeah. eat enough. He didn't eat enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was interesting. And I, and I think, sure. I, I don't think that lines up with the symptoms as you were saying, mm -hmm. um, but, but I was trying, you know, and I'm pretty cognizant of that. And I know my body regarding that. And like, there was, there was never a time where I remember in the Grand Canyon episode, I, I remember telling you that there was a few times where I had like four or five bites at a time because yeah. I was so hungry. Like my stomach was grumbling that had never happened at coconut. Like I was okay. continually infusing calories in, in some, you know, way, shape or form. So, you know, at 126 calories per hour, is it, is it too little? um, perhaps. And, but I don't know, yeah, right. Because I yeah. wasn't feeling any symptoms. Like I had no low blood sugar symptoms. I was not dizzy. For, you know, it was just like, hmm. mm -hmm. so, but, but, you know, to, to be that devil's advocate, what happens if I did eat 200 calories per hour? Well, I don't know. We don't know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. could that disrupted my GI system? It could have, if I was force feeding, if I was, you yeah. know, if I was force feeding. Right. Um, now that said that let's just say that 126 calories per hour, there's a little bit of wiggle room because I don't know exactly how many Pringles I had. True. Right? And true. Even, even like with the wraps, I'm like, okay. I, you have I'll to estimate. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. so maybe it was 140, 150, you know, maybe it was, I think I kind of erred a little bit uh, on the lower end, but um, I don't know. I mean, that's mm -hmm. a, it's a good question. I think okay. a good question for next time, you know, if I'm, if I'm out there again, yeah. I was just going to say, do you see more ultra in your future, Bob, or how these last few days reflecting on your athletic self, you know, what, yeah. what are the thoughts? I, I did a lot of reflecting and I actually have been these past few years and, you know, we're, we're all getting older. Obviously we're, we're, we're getting to that uh, category where we do have to kind of methodically choose our activities. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me because even as a coach, like a lot of us, as we get into our forties and I think more fifties, sixties, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I'm getting older. Maybe I'm gaining weight or, you know, distributing my body fat differently. Um, oh, I just need to, you know, exercise more. I need to burn more calories. And a lot of people are going into these like longer, slower uh, events or even training. And if it's for burning calories I, I, and, you know, and, and affecting the age-related, you know, issues that we have of gaining body fat and body weight, 
I don't know if that's the right thing to focus on, to be honest with you. And so yeah. I've been reflecting and fortunately I know my body pretty well. And, you know, growing up, which we've talked about in previous episodes, growing up a competitive soccer player, I have always been about sprinting, about jumping, about, you know, just anything fast and powerful. When I moved into triathlon in my college days and I found endurance, I loved it because it was different. Yeah. But I found that I was much more successful at all the shorter distances. When I started moving up into the half, half Ironman was weird for me because it was kind of that, that in between. But when I started doing Ironman, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm qualifying for Kona and I'm going to get a slot. And I was young. So I'm like, sure, why not? And, you know, I was young and stupid because you didn't know how to train back then. Um, <laughs> I didn't have the knowledge I have now, but Dina, I never was able to go fast in long distances. So Ironman and Leadville and, and just all these ultras, I'm, you start to think about that and you're like, okay, is it my training methodology? Well, probably not. I mean, obviously I have a little bit of knowledge in that area. Is it my recovery? Probably not. Is my nutrition? Probably not. So I look at myself and I'm like, you know, my body has been gifted to be able to produce higher force, higher power, fast twitch muscle fibers, anaerobic energy system development is a little bit easier for me. Now I love going out on trails and just chilling and just being, being with myself or friends or whatever. Cause it's just like, that's, that's my solitude. Like that's, yeah. that's really it for me. But as I've been reflecting, I'm not going to say I'm never going to do an ultra race again. Cause I, I love them. I love the, the concept of them, but I do believe as I'm growing older that I need to be more aware of what I need and what I need right now is to kind of get back to my roots and get some more power and some more explosive. And, and you know, I lift, but I'm going to change my lifting program around a little bit. And I'm going to add the sprints that I want to add in again. I, I kind of need to be careful with my Achilles with that. But, yeah. you know, I'm going to be doing more mountain biking and because and, I love mountain biking because it's explosive, right? Because you got yeah. these ups where you have to just power. So I don't know. I think that kind of wraps into... I think as I reflect on this, I've, I've learned a lot, even over the past few years and, and knowing that, you know, or noticing that my body needs different stimuli to, to promote successful aging for me. And I'm, and I'm sure in this, you know, I'm talking as a male, I'm sure you, you have different opinions and in different concepts as a female too. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I have a few, uh, ultra things planned here for this year, but you know, yeah. with COVID and, illness and everything the last few years, I don't, I don't know what my performance level mm, is in terms yeah. of like, how do I actually feel in let's we'll, we'll call it a race setting just for lack of a better word. Um, but knowing the age piece that we're talking about, yeah. I mean, in my, let's call it hormonal state, meaning perimenopause life cycle stage. Uh, I know that I want to be strong and not just like be able to finish a race just to say I did it. Right. right. So I want to think that aging piece alongside the athlete piece. And so that strength comes in the functionality, knowing I, I want to be able to carry heavy stuff, like carry yeah. my heavy bags of groceries yep. that are loaded yep. of Pringles and not miracle whip <laughs> jars, no, um, no. other things. But yeah, I think it's really interesting to bring that in how aging affects or plays into the body composition change. Yeah. And we have to consider that alongside, mm. like, what are your passions? Can we do all of this stuff and still age well, age strong, 
fulfill right. our joys yeah. and, and all of those things together. So that's kind of a mumbo jumbo there, but um, kind of bringing in other lens lenses yeah. for us to look through. Well, I think it's always not in addition to that, it's not always a, a black and white, like it's not yeah. all or none. like, oh, I need to burn more calories. So I need to do an ultra or a 50k or like whatever. Like I, I feel and I know this from you know physiological data too, in the research that we do need a balance of that anaerobic and aerobic energy system development. Yeah. But here's what I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think it becomes more important as we do reach the end of the fourth decade into the fifth and sixth and seventh decade, I think it's important because as we all know, like we, we start to, we, we, our VO2 max decreases quite significantly every decade. Um, we start to lose muscle mass. Like, unfortunately, I still see a lot of individuals, not just athletes, but individuals moving more towards the longer, slower, and they're yeah. really, really compromising their strength, their anaerobic. And to be honest with you, I mean, you know, there's all these anti-aging hacks out there right now, like yeah. nutrition and supplements and this and that, and, you know, do whatever you want to do. I think we really need to kind of take it back to basics and start first by looking at what type of exercise we're doing. That's right? true, Bob, to your point, changing that ratio from that long, slow endurance stuff, as yeah. we're in those decades that you just mentioned to look at where that power and strength Mm -hmm. can in, be incorporated for various reasons. Right. And, and here's just a disclaimer, like as we age, like we know we recover slower, we know we're mm -hmm. more susceptible for injuries, right. And risk for injury. So don't be stupid about it. Right. And, you know, I talk to athletes all the time when we talk about nutrition, you know, they're in their fifties and you've heard this before, Dean, they're like, Oh, I want to lose, you know, I want to get the body back. I had when I was in high school or college, I'm like, uh, that, like physic, physiologic, biologically, that's not possible. Right. Yeah. But, but here's what happens. A lot of people, you know, it's kind of that, um, couch to 5k kind of a thing. Like, please don't go into it immediately. Like you will get hurt at, at this, at the, at a certain age, you know, as our, in our older years. So, you know, if you're like, oh yeah, Bob's going to sprint, I'm going to sprint too. Well, when I'm talking about sprints, like I might do like 10 seconds and it's not going to be a sprint. It's just going to be, I'm going to go faster yeah. and I'm going to do that for a few weeks. And then I'm going to go 15 seconds. And you know what I mean? So yeah. please build into that because you can really, really get injured. And the recovery is so much slower as we age so much slower. Right. Looking yeah. at the programming specific to us as individuals, yes. mm, there's so yes. much to it. There it is. sounds like this was a really good learning opportunity on many levels. The Coke it was Dona amazing. I mean, 75. Again, the, the first, yeah, the Coke Dona 75, the, the outcome at first, I was, I was very distraught. I mean, I'm not going to lie to anyone. I was, I yeah. was bummed. I felt like I, I failed, right. I really did. But then looking at it and really, you know, obviously having the assistance and the, the camaraderie and friendship with Linda and, and her kind of putting into a different perspective with me also, it kind of helped me like, you know what? Yeah, I didn't fail. This was just part of our journey, right? The mm -hmm. journey of just us being human and figuring out really who we are. Cause I don't think we ever really figure that out. Right. We just yeah. get these little pieces of the puzzle every time we do things like this. And that's yeah. what I appreciated about this whole experience. Can be humbling. Absolutely. Yes. Very much so. Thanks Very for being so. a little raw with us, Bob, oh, a little you know, vulnerable, yeah. sharing some insight into your experiences. That's, it's been my pleasure, actually. And I think, Dean, you probably feel the same way, but I feel like as I've grown older, I care less about being guarded. 
does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And what people really think like, I, I do want to put things out in the open because I think a lot of people can, whether they, they learn from it or not, at least they're like, oh, all right, well, that was cool, right? And mm -hmm. maybe they do learn something from like, oh yeah. But I, you know, I've just noticed in the past few years, like I like being more open and, and sharing um, because it does allow me to, I mean, it is a little bit of healing inside, right? I mean, yeah. I think we all go through that, but it also provides some education at the same time. So I think it's a it's a bias and non-bias uh, experience for me, but I, I absolutely love it. So this has been a really fun conversation. Hopefully our listeners appreciate that. Yes. Very good, Bob. Well, maybe we'll leave it here. I think that's a good stopping yeah, point. Good wrap up point. Yeah. Well, good deal. Yes. Thank you, Bob. Thank you listeners. And so peace out to all of you wonderful human beings. Well, we hope you enjoyed episode 25 where Dina and I sat down and debriefed me on my Cocodona 250, or shall I say the Cocodona 75, uh, as I experience running with COVID. So hopefully you gained some golden nuggets there and took away a little bit of nutrition knowledge and know-how. Stay tuned for next week's episode when Dean and I sit down and chat with a very special guest, Kim Levinsky. She is a all around fantastic lady. She is an ultra runner. She is an, uh, a race director for a lot of ultra runs in New Jersey with her uh, company, Sasquad. Just phenomenal talking to her. We, we chat about so many things um, just regarding running and finding joy in life and actually a really big one, mental health. So we really chat uh, quite a bit about a wonderful organization, Bigger Than the Trail nonprofit uh, in terms of mental health counseling. And we talk about Kim's ups and downs regarding that. So this was a very special episode where Dean and I really got to share some, some great insight on that aspect of health in general. And yes, we do talk to Kim about that and also about her preparation for the Tahoe 200. So she will be attempting the Tahoe 200 this year in June in Lake Tahoe. So stay tuned for that. If you have a sport nutrition question that you would like Dina and I to address on a future podcast, please just email us at hello at insidesportsnutrition.com. Let us know your question. Give us your name. We will include that on a future podcast. We would love your support in promoting our podcast also. If you find what we're doing is fantastic, we would love uh, you to visit your local podcast platform, your favorite one. Give us a five-star rating, submit a review. It really helps us share our knowledge and our content with other listeners around the world. So we would sincerely appreciate that. For more information about what Dina and I do regarding individual and team nutrition coaching, physiological and biomarker testing, you can reach me at energyperformance.com. That is E-N-R-G performance.com. And you can reach Dina at nutritionmechanic.com. The views and, and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the host and the guest involved do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor. The information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or medical condition. This podcast is for information, education, and entertainment purposes only. 